I'm Amy Shields. I'm Mark Frost. Hi, I'm Kimmy Robertson. So our Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book, is currently out at bluerosemag.com. It is $19.99, so get your copy today as supplies are very limited and will be running out very soon. So if you haven't got your copy today, go to bluerosemag.com today. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. We got some dancing to do. From David Lynch, the director of Twin Peaks, comes this summer's wildest love story. Newsweek calls it spectacular and funny. You got me hotter in Georgia asphalt. USA Today says it's a must-see. You really are dangerously cute, baby. And the Chicago Tribune calls it stunning. Rocking good news. David Lynch's Wild at Heart. Rated R. Starts Friday, August 17th at theaters nationwide. And welcome to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian Kazoski. And beside me is Ben Durant and, and me, JC, via computer. Hey, JC! JC, we have JC via the interwebs. So if, if I if I do my job right and I edited this on time, today would be the day that the Wild at Heart Blu-ray comes out. Drops. Drops. I mean, I think it was what it came out was a few months ago, and then there was some technical issues with the, and they recalled it. Yeah. So this week is the Wild at Heart Blu-ray release. And they recalled it because of a minor menu Issue. Yes, we learned that from Rob King. He shared with yes. us that there was just, I think it's just the sound wasn't playing in the menu. And it's like, I have it. I got it. I got it through Amazon and it works fine. Yeah. JC, you've seen parts of Wild at Heart, but this is the first time you've seen the whole film. This is the first time I've seen the whole film. I've seen like GIFs because it's like Andrew and Laura's favorite GIF is Lula dancing on the bed and Nicolas Cage with a snakeskin jacket, you know, doing the whole thing. Yeah, it was the first time I've seen the film all the way through. It was interesting. That's a good way to describe it. There was parts of it that I loved. There was parts of it I didn't like. There was, and there was deleted scenes that was on the green box set that you lovingly gave to me to borrow. The same deleted scenes that are on the new Blu-ray. So they're exact, the same quality, it's the same thing. But the deleted scenes, I, I found, I'm almost wishing that David would do like a missing pieces wild at heart where he would merge the two because I actually liked some of the backstory and some of the scenes that were in the deleted scenes more than I liked scenes that were in the actual film. Isn't that something? What, can you can you give us an example? Of, do you remember one of the scenes? I kind of like that Dell had more of a backstory, even though it was kind of a very disgusting and lurid backstory, but I kind of <laughs> like how it made more sense that maybe he kind of went a little off the tip. There's a line between... I like there was a scene between Lula and Sailor when they're in the bed and he's talking about the cotton ball scene where he says, I had a dream about the cotton ball under the bed. And it's a very kind of like tumultuous scene between the two of them. And she's, you know, trying to get him out of it. You know, they get into a very intimate moment and then Lynch pans down and the cotton ball, one cotton ball is under the bed. I, that was true Lynch fashion. That was a very Lynchian moment. Yeah. And I don't think there was as many Lynchian moments in this because it was an adaptation. And I think Lynch wanted to stay true to the story, but kind of expanded a little bit. But he didn't want to make it so hmm. his. Do yeah. you know what I mean by that? Like, yeah, you know I think how we, we know Lynch movies. I mean, right. come on, he's very. Yeah. You know, with like, I I happened to I watched it, and then I listened to Lindsay and Aiden's Bickering Peaks webcast about nice. Wild at Heart, and they made a lot of valid points. Aiden didn't like it as much as Lindsay did. He 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 said it was okay. He goes, it was better than Dune, which is not. <laughs> I think that at the core of the movie it's a love story yes yeah i love laura dern in it i love laura dern oh I yeah. Think yeah Lula was a great fleshed out character um 
more so than Lindsay did and Aiden did. She thought she was more of an archetype, but I'm not so sure. There was a there was a scene today. I'm looking at my notes. I made notes. Nice. There was a scene. The scene where they're driving in the car before the accident, before they get to the clothes and the thing, and where she sees her mother as the Wicked Witch of the West flying beside the car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, that was a very Lynchian moment because we all know how Lynch loves Wizard of Oz. Yeah. But that scene where Sailor tells her that, you know, he was there the night her father died, Mm -hmm. and he says, are you mad at me? And and, and she says, well, boy, you're keeping secrets. And said, we all got a secret side, baby. And then she sees her mother, and it's almost like an epiphany for her. She realizes that her mother the whole time was, I think, against her. Mm-hmm. I think at that moment, that's why he she sees her as the Wicked Witch and then turns back and goes, you sure you sure don't know people. or you sure? so I forget her line exactly, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but I really think that was like her moment of clarity thinking, oh, something wasn't right. My daddy didn't commit suicide. Yeah. There was something more sinister if, right. if, if Sale was there and whatnot. There was parts of it that I really liked, and then, and then there was other parts that I was just kind of like, huh? Like Bobby <laughs> Peru. Let me tell you something. William Defoe freaks me out oh my normally gosh. Oh. without those fake teeth. But yeah. put those fake teeth in his mouth, and then it was like... Yeah, yeah, so creepy, so creepy. Yeah, I mean, that what, when I first saw this film, I first saw it last year, and okay. revisiting it, this past weekend, I think I appreciate it more that time has passed. And mm-hmm. I really, I, it's up there for me. I It's hard. He says about this every I know. Lynch film. Every Lynch I, film we do. I know, like, but. This might be one of my favorite I had films. a year to let it simmer. And I, I, I'm watching the bonus features. Man, I really love these characters. And I like the story. And But maybe you're like JC. You just like the bonus stuff. <laughs> you like the bonus footage. Yeah, but yeah. a part of me wish I had time to rewatch the film. Yeah. I just watch all the bonus stuff. What I want to say is Bobby Peru, that one scene. So I'm watching this last year, and Allison's in the room. Oh, my God. And she's just like, what are you watching? And I'm like, I don't know. And it became so uncomfortable. I'm, like, sweating profusely. This is, this like, is fuck me. Yes. Oh and I'm, gosh. like, sweating. And she's just like, when is this going to end? I'm like, I don't know. This is so uncomfortable. You want to know why that scene is uncomfortable, and I realized it after, because I actually watched a couple of clips today to, like, refresh my memory from watching it over the weekend. Well, is Lula trauma she's been through, like, all, and then, well, the backstory is Dell. We don't know that in the original, but when you watch the deleted scenes, mm-hmm. you know that is that wow. story as well. Yes. So that kind of, like, because I watched that, like, I'm like, oh, all right, I have that my, in my head, but all right, let's just say it's just, we know the uncle story. The way she is like such a, a a sexually awakened person, that scene is bad because at that one moment, it's almost like she's okay with what he's doing. Hmm. It makes it uncomfortable because when she, it, it's almost like she's, I won't say she's turned on, but it's definitely, it's not at that moment for two seconds, it's not an assault. It's different. And then when he leaves her alone and she says it, she bre- he breaks her. Mm-hmm. Then you realize how bad it is. But yeah. up until that point, there's a, there's a fine line of, yeah, this is bad, but she's not pushing away from it. She's almost engaging in it with him. So that was weird for me. He thinks he can get to what he wants, and he he, he right. he's playing with her. Right. It's um, such a disturbing but scene. But I think almost he's oh, seeing is. if he can get her, and he doesn't know her background, but when you learn about the uncle and then the cousin and how she was pregnant with Adele's baby, all that that's stuff. That's not in the regular movie. No, that's, that's in the, the deleted, no, the deleted scenes. Totally the yeah. That really flushes out that she's in this innocent kind of naive girl who's just going through life. And these guys are just taking advantages of her. And it doesn't even matter if it's family. It's sort of like a 
like a deer in the headlights almost like I don't know what to do. Why are these men doing these horrible things to me? They should know better than me. Right. But she but there's a couple times like the scene when they're jumping on the bed and then they go to the heavy metal concert. Yeah. And the guy starts dancing with her and Sailor stops him and says, apologize to her. Yeah. Yeah. And she and she then she she says she goes, that's all right. She goes, you were just, you know, you just kind of bumped into me. Mm-hmm. And she kind of knows that she's a beautiful girl that men are attracted to. Mm. But at the same time, it's kind of she she's only for sailor. So I don't know that scene with Bobby Prue bothers me. And, it, and like I said, I don't think like she she's asking for it or she but she, he breaks her to the point of admitting even though she doesn't want to. And that's the uncomfortable part of it. Mm. because She's so used to kind of being that kind of object, it seems, in certain instances that at that one moment she, you know, she breaks because she found out she's pregnant and the whole thing. And, yeah, it's uh, emotional. Right. That's that's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is a rough scene, and you know it's great to hear your interpretation of it because it's like you, you, sometimes you just don't. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And William Defoe's take about it. He talks about coming in with that stupid joke. Can I pee on your head? And then he's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. not your head, the bathroom. And then he yeah. said, I'm going this far, which is so disturbing. And then afterwards, we're breaking it, and Lynch even acknowledges the fact that you're starting off you can't go over that edge and even lynch was saying you got to you so got to break the tension you got to know when the it's too much for the audience yeah. so it's interesting i think the scene wasn't as intense and on that day david lynch made it more intense he actually came up with that scene on the day that yeah. scene wasn't even in the script oh man they said that's Lynch crazy. came up with it That's right on the spot. The actors, they believed enough in him to be like, okay, yes, we'll play it this way. Yeah. Was it the deleted scenes with Isabella Rossellini and Bobby Peru where she's laying on the couch and he and he gets up and he grabs her just like he grabs Lula in that scene yes. and she yeah. smacks him? That was deleted. I think that was a deleted scene. See, now that's where if they had that scene in mirroring the scene with Lula, you would see the difference because here it is. This is kind of a bad woman, you know, yeah. Isabella Rosalie's character. And she's kind of like that gangster mall character, but you know, a little bit more and she doesn't take it, mm-hmm. but, and he does the same thing. He does the hand down and the grab and the, the pinch. And then, and she hauls off and hits him. Yeah. Nice. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like it was, I wish that scene was put in there just to mirror. So you would see the difference in yeah. the dynamic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. Lynch talked about how he took out a lot of footage. They did a test screening yeah. and they said that like people walked out. We, well, we've gone too far. Well, they said the scene with Johnny Farragut where he gets killed, people walked out. And I'm yeah. thinking, I've watched that scene and I watched it twice. I watched it once on the, you know, the DVD and then I watched it once like at work. I was, you know, seeing clips again. And that scene, Grace Zabraski again is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I, and it's so funny because, like, a lot of people, like, I can't understand a word she says. I'm like, I understand every word she said. I'm like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> but, in, you know, and David Kelly is in, in the scene and the whole thing. I think what makes that scene so uncomfortable is Harry Dean Stanton's expressions behind the tape. Hmm. Like, just his eyes. Like, you feel bad for Johnny because he's sort of, even though he's not a great guy, he's sort of a good guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and like, I think. He lets them go and, you know. It's after the scene, they kill him, and then it gets very sexual. I think that's what it is. That was additional scene. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't like, yeah, it was just, you went from violence to sex in one scene. And I think they had already killed him. They killed him and they just kind of like enjoyed themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is like, it, it, it goes with what these characters are all about, but maybe 
seeing that on the big screen right. might be a little too much. They said people were getting heart palpitations and yeah. sweating. It's and impressive to see that Lynch saw that and say, okay, we know we've gone too far. And yeah. we're he take acknowledged that. that. Yeah. So we talked yeah, about he did. Yeah. stuff that's not in the book. You know, Wizard of the Wizard of Oz stuff is not part of the book. That's David Lynch. So all this stuff. And I that's probably my favorite part of the film yeah. is these different times where you have the good witch and the bad witch. I would think Freddie Jones, to me, is the munchkin. You're totally right. Yes, yes. But it, I, that again, that wasn't intentional. No, it wasn't intentional. And um, Laura Dern says there was a munchkin, but it might, it might have been cut out of the film. She huh. goes, there. Well, they did have a munchkin. But I kind of think... That fast-voiced Freddie Jones is the new Munchkin. Yes. I don't know. That's yeah. how I see it. Yeah, for, yeah. That scene. That I actually like that scene. That scene is very. It's there. There again. I think there's little nuances of Lynchian things, and that it, it essentially is a Lynchian moment with Freddie Jones talking to talking to them, and you know. Yeah. I enjoyed that scene. Maybe this is a good time. We we actually got to talk to Freddie Jones. Maybe this is a good time to insert right here our interview with Freddie Jones. Your son, uh, Toby Jones, who's a fabulous actor just like yourself, he said that, you know, acting saved your life. Do you feel that way? Do you think acting really did save your life? It's a a philosophical need. You need to do it. It's a a dynamic that you crave for, really. Yeah. Yes. Because it sounded like it was like an awakening, like, you know, you, you were doing other jobs, and then when you realized that acting was what you wanted to do, it was kind of like an awakening for you. That's right, yes. My, the culture from which I come, which is the industrial north, which is very difficult, very hard, uh, there's no question of being anything. The optimum uh, you could hope for was sitting behind a desk with a pension at the end of it. That is the tops. Anything else is for other people. David Lynch and producer Jonathan Sanger wanted you to be in The Elephant Man. They went to a play and they and uh, they actually had coffee with you afterwards to try to convince you to be in, in the movie. They asked me to be in The Elephant Man. And uh, I read the script and I thought it was hopelessly overloaded with pathos. It didn't need all that added pathos. It was pathetic enough as a story. So I turned it down. And then my agent said, they've up the, uh, the fee, and will you please go and talk to them? That's David and the producer, which I did for about half an hour. And they said, you can rewrite it. And I said, no, I bloody can't, because what talent I have is very circumscribed, and I couldn't do that. Nonetheless, during the talking, I thought I might find a way out of all this, uh, uh, the uh, way it was written. However, I failed, and uh, don't read my notices, but somebody said, you've got a marvelous notice in Time magazine. I said, oh, that's bloody good. He said, I believe it to be absolutely right. However, the real villain of the piece was played by that great bad actor, Freddie Jones, Hmm. who hammed his way through the film like an old-time movie villain. Hmm. And I think that's about right. I think that's a fair criticism. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Lynch recently has a memoir that came out, and he was kind of saying that you kind of look at this as a one-note villain and that 
you wanted to bring so much more to the character. And one of the things I think I, I heard somewhere else too is that you saw this as being a character who loved, and in a way, he was like an abusive father who loved his child. I tried to give it some bloody background. There was no background to it, no, no history. So I asked for <laughs> ridiculous and silver cruets and a tablecloth and a box we were eat I was eating off and stuff like that. And the clothes I wore was good, but uh, old, but uh, good quality stuff. But it was all an attempt to give it some substance and background, and that I would be caring for him. But it wasn't true. It didn't come through properly. I, I failed. I think it's an amazing performance. I just rewatched The Elephant Man, and I'm I'm blown away by your performance in every scene. I think you really did carry that character, and you made that character more complicated and more interesting. So I'm very thankful that you brought that forward, and you were able to convince David Lynch that the character needed to be more. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was only David Lynch's second film. Um, what was your impression of this young director? I've made a couple of, scribbled a couple of notes about him, uh, which you might like to hear. First of all, I would like to say anybody would want him as a friend. That's the openness, that's what I say. And I'm not being sycophantic because he doesn't direct films anymore, so I'm not sucking up to him, mm. so that's that. He is an extraordinary amount of brilliant towering talent. He is a number of things. One, he has a very, very dark imagination, but it is a brilliant, fertile, fruitful imagination, but very dark, which I share with him because my imagination is the same. I say he has the exuberance of an excited first undergraduate, young undergraduate, and on the other, the darkness of Edgar Allan Poe. It's a sort of combination of the two, which is wonderful. Mm. Now, I'm going to give you a line from one of my very favorite poems. If you quote this to him, he'll grab you with joy. He'll just mm. kiss you, probably, and <laughs> say, that's bloody wonderful. Yeah. So here it is. He often dives into the deep-sea undertow of the dark and dreaming mind. I love it. Who wrote that poem? A man called Tessimond, T-E-S-S-I-M-O-N-D. And it's called Portraits of a Romantic. That's awesome. That's really something. If you show him that, he'll grab you. <laughs> and Lynch has said that you're one of the greatest human beings on Earth. He's been quoted as saying that in, uh, on his, in the book Lynch on Lynch. And he really loves you. <laughs> I've done five things for him. He once flew me 6,000 miles to play a Midwestern American. And my agent said, he's got a beard. He said, oh, could he lose the beard? And my agent said, no, because he's committed to this beard. It's another uh, thing. To which he said, we'll live with the, we'll live with the beard. Get him over here. <laughs> it was uh, a thing called hotel. What is it called? Hotel. Hotel room. Yeah, hotel room. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't remember anything about it except, except one thing. He said to me... Uh, and what, what, I, what I'd like you to do uh, is uh, a complete sexual act uh, 
in the show just by sound uh, in the scene. <laughs> and I, I said, I thought I'd done every fucking thing, but I never thought I'd do this. <laughs> so I said, David, I want bloody privacy. So he said, yeah, yeah, okay, let's move over here. So we moved uh, uh, this darling uh, young actress tried to help me by... Uh, Putting her arm around me and cuddling me a bit, trying to help me to get into this passionately sexual mood, you see, which I had to do with an orgasm at the end of it. Uh. And, uh, and I, I said, it's a bloody pity that uh, she and I weren't... Uh, well, those method actors, then we could have done a lot of research on this. <laughs> anyway, that, that was that. Uh, Wild at Heart, there's a new Blu-ray that's out, and it has a deleted scene with you in it. It has your character, George, uh, shooting pigeons, and you have a little bit longer monologue with Sailor and Lulu. Now, Wild at Heart, darling David... Wild at heart, we had to cut a couple of scenes. The shooting the pigeons from the top of the roof. <laughs> I was up this roof. We dad shoot around the bloody police arm, but uh, I pretend you shoot. Two things I remember about it. I've been given this script, which is absolutely so bloody funny. This man that I played had a, a manic thing about pigeons, calling them rats on wings, he said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was uh, quite a maniac about these uh, pigeons. He wanted to shoot them off. And uh, <laughs> one moment in the speech, he said, as a matter of fact, I want to lob a grenade up there. But they said, don't that's that sort of mania. <laughs> and it's a long speech. It's about a, a three-minute take, perhaps a little more. Yeah. And uh, so I had the two um, protagonists on my left and David behind the bar with the, with the camera. And they had sunglasses, what you call shades. Hmm. A cap right over his eyes, and a handkerchief round his face, and I said, "David, what are you doing?" <laughs> and he said, "I am talking about this, but I can't help laughing. <laughs> I can't help laughing. The scene, you know, what you did, do uh... this speech. I can't." Anyway, we we did it. And they, we did it, and they got applause from the, all the people around. <laughs> but the payoff to the story is, Freddie, uh, this is uh, David here. I, I got, this is why I bloody love him so much. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, uh, I don't I've done something really uh, terrible. I, I don't want to say about this. It's, uh, I said, what the hell are you talking about? He said, it's your voice. and what i done for your voice. I said, what, <laughs> what, what, what have we done? I said, if it's on the fucking cutting room floor, David, don't give it. I've been on the cutting room floor. I'm quite at home on the cutting room floor. So leave that. Don't forget. No, no, no. He said, no, I've done a terrible thing to your voice. <laughs> what, what happened? What what happened was he'd be sitting in the uh, in the suite, the sound suite, and uh, playing this over and over again, this uh, 
this, this speech. And it was too long for its context. So he said, uh, I was winding back, and I suddenly thought, that's it. <laughs> so he speeded up, he speeded it up at the time, at the time we took the wine back. Uh, and he said, I, I said, you haven't run all the way from bloody LA yet, just to tell me you've uh, done that to me. He said, hey, listen, you're the greatest actor on earth, and I've done this to your voice. It's so you memorable. See, you can see why I love him. And take yeah. <laughs> It's such a small part, but it's so memorable, and uh, I, I love it. I love that that happened. Do you have other stories you'd like to share with us uh, working with David Lynch? I know you worked on Dune. In Dune, the character I played has to ingest purple substance of some sort, you see, yes. which showed on his mouth around his mouth. So I suddenly had a brilliant idea. So I went up to David uh, when we were shooting, and I said, I've got a marvelous surprise for you. He said, yeah, what? And I said, oh, for a beaker full of the warm south, the true, the blushful hippocrene, with beaded bubbles winking at the brim and purple stained mouth. Hmm. He said, hey, what is that? What, what is that? <laughs> I said, it's Keats. <laughs> You seem like you gave Lynch a lot of ideas. It seems like he really enjoyed your knowledge and what you brought to the table. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that's what uh, Clint Eastwood said. <laughs> he said, you bring a big bag. <laughs> so, which is a lovely compliment. Going through my desk, I discovered Eraserhead, which I was knocked out by. Yeah. It's his first film ever. Yeah. I just discovered I've still got it, so I'm going to bloody play that and show it to my sons. Oh, wow. Uh, it's so, so wonderful. <laughs> that is awesome. It's quite uh, a film. What are you working on now? Nothing at all. I, I just left soap opera after 11 years. Mm. Uh, I turned it down. Uh, so I'm free now, so tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love these stories that you're sharing with us. I think they're really something else, and... Uh, I love the different characters you've played for Lynch. Is there anything else you want to share with us before we go? Uh, the Elephant Man, uh, he was bloody wonderful. And uh, he always turned up in a dreary navy blue overcoat, hmm. white shirt, buttoned up to the neck, up to the chin. Hmm. Uh, not ungraciously, one of, the, one of us said to him, David, <laughs> David, do you ever consider undoing the top button? And he said, uh, well, uh, no, I guess, uh, no, I guess I wouldn't do that. It's, uh, it kind of makes me feel exposed. <laughs> exposed. Oh, that's funny. I, I think, uh, I think with the weight of all these uh, some brilliant uh, British talent around him, uh, brilliant Gilbert and all that. It, 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 I think he found it a bit overwhelming. One of the bastards, by the way, brought him up at some point to tears, for which I will never forgive him. Mm -hmm. Anyway, apparently 
uh, uh, quietly uh, he shed tears, uh, mm. David. I will never forget this bloody act of that. So there we are. I, do, I don't know if I have anything else, really. I just uh, love him dearly, and uh, I think he's hugely, vastly talented. There's one thing, uh, one thing I dined out of. He said to me, I'd worked with Fellini at this time, and he said, uh, I, I, I gotta tell you, I, I really like this. <laughs> Quite a good impersonation. I love it. I love it. Uh, I gotta tell you, I, uh, I really would like to see uh, me. Uh, and I came up with a monumental line, which I shall never forget. David, I'll introduce you to Fellini. Oh. <laughs> but I didn't need to because later, subsequently, he met him anyway. <laughs> but that was one of the great moments of my life. Oh. I'll introduce you. <laughs> the great, the great Lynch to, to Fellini. Uh, there we are. It is such an honor to yeah. talk with you. You're an amazing actor. I'm blown away. It's such a privilege to get to talk with you, and we thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's a great pleasure. Anything to do with David is a great pleasure. So that was cool. We had to talk to him, Freddie. Yeah, he, yeah. And he talks about that scene, that long monologue about shooting pigeons. pigeons. And it all got cut, and then they changed his voice. And it's it's kind of funny to go from, yeah, you know, pages of a story to... <laughs> a high-pitched voice guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's true. It was truly funny. But I know how he feels about pigeons. Sometimes pigeons are quite annoying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So yeah, on the Blu-ray, the, the I think the only real new thing is Barry Gifford, who we got to interview at a previous show. But he gets a, there's a whole new interview about you know mm-hmm. between the book and the movie. And I, what I love about what he had to share was that like he was okay with Lynch's version. Like the ending is different from the book, and mm-hmm. and there's yeah. There's, well, the ending is different from the book because when they did the he did the original ending, I thought didn't Lynch record it for, with Sailor leaving? And then they tested it. He went to the to higher ups. I forget who was the person. Was it Go- Tony Goldwyn or something? That sounds right. And, and yeah, and said this is depressing. And Lynch says, "Well, I have a different ending. Can I do it?" And they said, "Well, what is it?" I guess he explained himself. And they said, "Okay, go ahead and film it." And when they did, they liked it more. And so they said, "Yeah, go with that. Go with the happy ending." Yeah, yeah. And so I've heard that, and I've also heard. I think "Room to Dream." I think Lynch basically says that, like, during this time, it was always about the negative, and and I didn't care. I wanted something that was positive too. Or he said, "That's some, right." Something he like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he. Well, the film itself shows that the scene with Lula in the car where she's changing the radio and everything is violent. Yes. They said this person kills and that yeah, person drowned and, and that person thing and she and she pulls over and she's like sailor <laughs> she put music on this car you know it's she's so angry I, like, you know the book was like okay they leave and they don't they're not together and it's like through this whole mo- movie you're rooting for them as a couple you're yeah. rooting for them to continue you're rooting for them so how could you have them be apart and be like okay yeah that's it they, they leave and they realize they're bad for each other right. no you know like it's yeah. like it's perfect the only thing i hated about that ending was Nicholas's Cage's nose. Uh, what? You like, like his Elvis. nose? It's like Elvis' nose. Yeah. I know, but it was like, because it was so punched and it was so discolored. Uh, now, I understand he's going to be bruised, but it was so, like, false looking. Yeah. That, like, yeah. I couldn't even take it seriously. I'm like, come on. Like, yeah. seriously, please. Uh, like, make it bloody. Don't make it just bruised. Uh, you know, if you're going to do that, do, do the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So changing the, the ending of the book, you know, Lynch did reach out to Barry Gifford and Barry 
Eric Gifter by that time is already working on a new like there's there's a series of Lula Sailor stories. So yeah. I, I don't know if he was on the second or third one. And Lynch just calls him up and says, "Do they eventually get together?" And he says, "Yes." All right, so I can <laughs> I can make a happy ending because in the story they will someday get together. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. The ending is my favorite part of the whole movie. I, I mean, I think no, no, no. I yeah. love. Don't get me no, wrong. No, no, I know I that. Love and, the ending. Oh, I just I didn't like his nose. Right. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. This is probably one of my least favorite Lynch films. I mean, I it might go Dune and then Wild Heart. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I should say that, but uh, but I love the Do ending. You really hate Dune? I don't hate Dune. I just don't get Dune. And I I would put Dune my least favorite. I would. Put, I would put this above Dune. That's what I'm saying. It would be Dune is the very worst, and then Wild Heart is second worst. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> oh man, Wild Heart. I'm gonna get people. Wild Heart would go higher. Higher for me. Wait a minute, hi, but when you say higher, I mean, I'm saying it's better than Dune. It is better than Dune. <laughs> but I don't know. Anyways, I, I love the ending. And I, I will say it's better than Dune, but I, I have a soft spot for Dune. I, I, Dune was like the first Lynch I saw, so Dune will always be kind of like middle of the road. It will never be on the bottom. I mean, me. it's, I, I will watch all Lynch's films. I like Kyle MacLachlan. I love mm. that. The, I, there's things I liked about Dune. Yeah. It just, you know, yeah. there's it's, other movies. No, it's not for everybody. Right. It's fine. Ah, but Don't you know, live the fighters. <laughs> but Wild Heart, that whole idea that, you know, you have Cheryl Lee as the good witch, and she says, Sailor, you got to go back. Oh, yeah. first, he gets, first he's walking down the street. He le- you know, he leaves uh, Lula, and he's like, ah, I, I, this isn't going to work out. We're breaking up. And then uh, the gang surrounds him. <laughs> And mm-hmm. they're on every side. And I, he says, he, you know, he says, them, he calls them basically... Um, Homosexual, not a nice word. Not a nice, not, not a yeah. nice way of saying that. And they punch him, and he, he beats him up, and he gets on the ground, and that's when he sees Cheryl Lee's, the good witch. He has a epiphany. Just, you know, you gotta go back. You love each other. It's yeah, like, yeah. And then he runs back to her, and I don't know. Maybe it's I'm sweet. a romantic. I love it. And and then for him to sing the Elvis song, love me tender. Oh, and, and he so- starts off saying that like I'm only gonna say that to my wife, and it's like so you basically know it's gonna be a happy ending. Yeah, and then he he meets his kid, and his kid, and the deleted scene, and his kid's like, is he gonna love? me and that Aww. was very sweet and see i watched that and then you know and and watch the endings clip again after that yeah and it made the when she looks at her son when he when sailor comes back and he jumps over the car and she jumps out of the car and yeah she's hugging you know sailor and she and he turns her and she looks at pace that's what his name right that's his name, yeah yep, yep. And, and she looks and, and he smiles at her like, it's OK, this is good. And then she smiles back and then she hugs Sailor more and then they kiss. It's like it makes that whole thing OK. It was like, OK, they come for a circle. They're going to do this. And he's, you know, it, it, it was it's a, it's a nice moment. It was yeah. framed mm-hmm. really well. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I'll say with this Blu-ray, it's like the quality is beautiful and like the colors really pop. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's a great – I want all of uh, Lynch's work to be on Blu-ray. So, I mean, anytime they'll put out a Blu-ray of Lynch's work, I'll get it. But yeah. it, looks, it looks great. And I think we were talking beforehand, most likely there was a master transfer and they're just ta- – maybe it was for DVD and they put it on Blu-ray. I mean, it wasn't like Lynch went in and said, oh, we're going to color correct this and he didn't re-edit this. But it still – it looks right. – it looks the best it's ever looked. Yeah, and, and it's funny because in Amer- in the States, we're getting this Blu-ray now, but this Blu-ray existed in the UK. Oh, yeah. And so we- last year, I was ordering the movie so I could watch <laughs> it. right. And it was on Blu-ray. Thank but, you, Brian. But in Australia or whatever, and I yeah. ordered two copies. I'm like, oh, our systems will play it. It's Our systems are region-free. But the, the Blu-ray was region-locked. 
and it would not play. Oh, and it's weird. Oh, no. Yeah, so I pay about two Blu-rays of Wild at Heart. I thank you, Brian. But yeah, oh, I know. I know. I appreciate you going. You I know. You went and did all the research and got it. And- but the weird thing is, I own the X Files. The entire season, it's from Australia. Oh, yeah. It's the whole series. The whole, the whole series. And it works fine. Yeah. It works fine. But not it's not true. region locked. Yeah. So, okay, here's the thing. I can wait. Till it's it- got to be a re- – if it's a region-free disc, it works. But it's a region okay. locked disc. Just get DVDs and Blu-rays that are from the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go with it. So I learned my lesson. Uh, but yeah, so note these. to self, no Australian D- Blu-ray DVDs. Yeah. Well, we got emails from people who listen to us saying it's out on Blu-ray, but not in the United States. And yeah. we're like, we know, we know. Right. And you guys are lucky. And, and that's what, I mean, I think there's like Lost Highway. Might, there might yes. be a Blu-ray version. Yes, that, there is. Yeah. for the U.S. Version. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things they have on the Blu-ray is the uncensored Bobby Peru scene where he gets his head blown off. There was a lot of controversy about this that, like, some people were mad that, like, when it when they put it out on DVD, they censored it. I don't know if they fogged smoke. it up. They smoked it up or something like that. They but did. People, they smoked it up. Yeah. And people were like, I want the true original version of that. And, like, who cares? Yeah, where, what do you think, J- JC? What do you think about that scene? I, <laughs> <laughs> she loved it. She loves getting seeing people's heads blown. No, off. but I mean, do you <laughs> yeah. like in no, this day no, and age? In this day and age, I, I I mean, you still saw his scalp with like brain matter, like uh, still flipped down. Yeah, so yeah. like, first of all, it well, it shocked me because I wasn't prepared for it. Like, I didn't expect him. I expected him to load it and not hit it and hit himself. I expected him to like hit sailor or uh, the cop or uh-huh. you know, I didn't expect that scene to go like that. But I liked the smoke. I liked that it was just it was it was more like okay, this is what happened. We're going to show you a little teensy bit of it, yeah. but you, you know that he blew his head off, you know, kind of thing. I I didn't need to see all that. I don't understand why people need to see like even at the beginning with the uh, what is it Bob Ray Le- is it Bobby Ray Lemon? Wait, what's the yeah Ray Lemon or the guy that that Marietta hires to kill Sailor in the first yes. scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's Bobby. I think it's Bobby Ray Lemon. And, and when he's smashing his head down and then when you see it and you see it all, it's like, I didn't need all that. Like right. you could have done it bloody Lynch, but you didn't have to do the, yes. you didn't have to do it all. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, there's something to be said for nuanced violence. Yeah. I agree. You know I don't yeah. think you need that much violence. And it's funny that we're just talking about how Lula didn't like all the violence and yet this film all around is there is violence. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it's funny with the, with uh, Bobby Peru scene there's almost a little part of it that's kind of comical because it's like so, oh, it's so outrageous. Like it's disgusting, but it's so outrageous. Like somebody's head just got shot off. I mean, it's just he's a comic. He's like a cartoon character almost. almost. Well, it is, and it's it's comical because he thought he was going to get away and he was going to be big old, you know, Bobby Peru, and mm-hmm. he was going to, you know, shoot kill sailor and everything else. And sure enough, he killed himself. Yeah. So it's kind of it's an ironic. It's a kind of like ha, you know, without being <laughs> right. you know. And he's smiling even he's, when he's, he's the cop is about to get him. He's still smiling yeah he still seems to be so happy like ah with those horrible uh, teeth oh uh, my god i have n- i had nightmares about his face like you know like you know you you watch blue velvet and you have frank booth and he's evil and but dennis hopper is like all you see is his eyes like uh-huh, dennis hopper yeah. when he's you know all franked out and he's like you know like you know rah you know he's it's his eyes and then you have you know william defoe who like I said, I mean, he even in Spider-Man, he freaks me out. <laughs> so like now in this scene and he's all with his fake teeth and this like trying to be suave guy. And, and it's yeah. just like it's just like it's icky. It's kind of like it Mr. Is. C icky yes. but to a different to a heightened level. Mm-hmm. Mr. C because 
it still sees some of Kyle. It's kind of like, okay, yeah. he's mean and he's evil, but he's still kind of, you know, Cooper-esque. Right. Yeah. You know, whereas Bobby Peru is just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, now, I would say, I would say Booth for me over Bobby Peru. What do you got, you guys, out of the, those oh, two I, villains? Who's more of a villain? Yeah. Who do you like more out of those two villains? I like Booth more. Me too. I yeah. think Booth's a... He actually seems a little more complex. I, mm-hmm. Well, Booth is smarter. Hmm. So Booth is more c- conniving. Yeah. Booth is more planned, and he's, 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 you know, he's deliberate in what he's doing. Whereas Bobby Peru, I think, is just kind of, he's a crazy ex-Marine, yeah. you know, got on the wrong side because he saw all this stuff go down, PTSD kind of, you know, and he just wasn't a good guy to begin with, and mm-hmm. then he went through all this crap, so it's now he's heightened even more. Frank Booth is maniacal and smart. Frank has a little shred of humanity in him. And I yeah. say this because I'm writing about Blue Velvet now for 25 years later, and I've been writing about it for a while because I've been trying to delve into a lot of things. And and for me, the scene where he watches Dorothy on stage when when uh, Jeffrey and Sandy are at the bar and yeah. they're watching, and then they he sees Frank and, he, and Jeffrey backs up to watch him, and um and they, he sees him or no, he's not with Sandy that time. I don't think he think he's by himself, but he sees him and he sees him almost crying while she's singing. And at that one moment, you see a shred of humanity in Frank. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. in Bobby, you don't right. see that at all. He's no. kind of like this kind of like animal-esque type just character. That's true. You he, know what I mean? Yes. I agree. Yes. He's very in- – so that's I, why yeah. he thinks he can have Lula there. And I feel like he's just so used to getting what he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, I can yeah, take it's what all, I want. It's all like if, if we're going to be Freudian, it's all id. It's all like, you know, <laughs> he wants and he's going to get kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. mm-hmm. We had Chris Isaac do the Wicked Games. I remember Wicked Games back Whoa. in the day, 1990. I know. That was a cool video. <laughs> it was. And David Lynch did a video. He didn't do the uh, the, the woman on the sand beach with the... He didn't uh, do a Lena Christensen one, right. but he did do one. Yeah, he you're right. He did one. He did like the movie version. Yes, of the movie video. version, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That scene was interesting. Now, how about like Cheryl and Friend, Girl in the Accident? Oh, yeah. And that's all Lynch. That was not part of the book. That was something he added. No. But that, I love that. Which I did. And I liked it because, yes, because it was Lynchy. And I think that's it. And it sticks out. It sticks out. The parts that Lynch added on his own, you could tell, stick right. out amongst the other ones. Like, especially, uh, we'll go back to the girl in the accident scene. But the scene, the first scene where I talked about uh, Lula, get, you know, the guy bumps into her and then Sailor stops the music. Mm-hmm. And, like, the whole metal band just stops. And I'm like, that doesn't happen. <laughs> know, that doesn't happen in real life. Like, oh, yeah, you're going to put your hand up and a whole metal band's going to stop playing? Yeah. Seriously? Like, no, that's not going to happen. So, but that scene is very dreamlike. It doesn't, mm. he doesn't put the dream imagery in it. But the fact that he just starts singing, and then what I love about that scene, too, is that they do this 50s-esque with the, the screaming girls, you yeah. know, like when mm-hmm. he starts singing in the, ah, you know, it's like right there, that that to me is a very dream, Lynchian, dreamlike moment. Yeah, he's very Elvis-like. So yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and my snakeskin jacket that shows my personal... Freedom. What is it, my personal style and my, my form ability or whatever the yeah, line yeah. is? I love that he keeps like that. Yeah. So do you, did you yeah. hear about Nicolas Cage's story about that jacket? Yes, it was his own jacket. He yes. asked David if he could bring it, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he actually bought it when he said when he moved to L.A. and he wore it. And then he's like, you know what? I can't wear this. I'll put it in my closet. And then when he uh, tried out for the character and he got it, he said, you know, I got this skin jacket that might work, this snake skin jacket that might work. And Lynch is like, 
okay, bring it in. And he right. brought it in. He goes, I think I can make this work. Yeah. Yeah, my personal freedom and individuality. Yes. Right. <laughs> Have I told you about this jacket? I love yeah, that. That's great. Yeah. And I think he, great. he went on to say that he felt like there was characters in cinema that are represented by just the clothing they wear. And he thought that was really important. James that, Dean yeah, being one of them. Right. That was yeah. the example he used. So, and yeah. that's true. If you think about Sailor Ripley, that's what the, the, you see, you know, Nicolas Cage's slick back hair sort of on the longest side, and you see that snakeskin jacket. That is who he is. And when you think of Lula, you think of this curly, crimped hair and these red lips and, you know, lace is what I keep going back to, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. black. Yeah. But, the oh, going back to the girl in the accident, the reason that scene is so great is because it, it shows how they were on this quest, and I don't think they felt like they could be touched by any outside force. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're thrust into this very realistic moment of you know having to try to care for and then the girl and i love the scene where she's like she's like oh i have something sticky in my hair but you could see her like putting her finger in her head yeah, <laughs> i yeah. was like oh and then lula gets so mad she's like why'd she have to die in front of us like why'd you have to die you right. know kind of thing and it's very because it broke the spell it broke the yeah. spell of them being together on this you know love quest and you know going and having carefree fancy free time and then now this is a really real thing that they're they have to deal with yeah and it brings her back into that sense of reality that it's not so perfect you yeah know? reality slaps yeah. them in the face i think we talked yeah. about this when we originally uh talked about wild at heart but it's funny that there's so this accident that kind of like Maybe it makes them rethink about their relationship and everything. And then at the end of the movie, it's the traffic yes. that kind of stops uh, Lula from going anywhere. And that's why uh, Sailor's able to catch up to her and, and say that he loves her and he wants to be with her forever. But it's funny that it's, it's you know, sometimes things out of their control that either separates them pos- or brings them together. That's very true. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The forces around them that they can't control. Yeah. That's right. I agree. Looking at the, the Blu-ray um, content, I mean, there's a lot of features. There's a lot of the making of on here. Like we have the Love, Death, Elvis, and Oz, the making of Wizard of Oz featurettes. We have the Sailor Lula image gallery. It's funny that it's like a lot of those galleries are just images, but this one is like has music and just moving images. And ah. stuff like I don't know. They put some put some some time into it, I guess. Um, That's cute. Yeah. It's really those extended scenes and deleted scenes that really make it worth it. Because the lime green box that you ha- have right now, JC, that's hard to get. It's like you go to eBay, it's like $200. It's really hard to find. Yeah. So now a wider audience can get to see these deleted scenes, which I think is, is well, great. Well, I, yeah. I hate to tell you guys, but in them yet, go on YouTube and Google Wild at Heart deleted scenes and they're all there. Ah, there you go. That's true. They are. Yeah, I watched I watched him on the DVD, but I also watched him again on uh, on YouTube because I was at work and I'm like, I want to watch this one scene again. And I see I keep forgetting the scene. It's the but it's the scene with the cotton ball, because that scene I thought was perfectly yeah. framed and very Lynchian. And I'm like, why? That was a really good moment between the two of them where sailors like telling her about his dream. And I, 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 re- I really like that scene. I liked the film. I did not love the film. Mm-hmm. There's like like sorry, Andrew and Laura, because I know they're going to listen to this and they're going to be like, J.C., but um, no, I liked the film. It's Lynch taking somebody else's story, which I appreciate. But and 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 I do agree with David when he called it. It's a love story set in hell, hmm. or it's it's a love story that's where they're fighting through hell to get to the you know to the end of it. And yeah. he did. He he had all the dark, 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 and then at the end you have Glinda Goodwitch, and then you have love. You know, yeah. so it's mm-hmm. it's true. You know. 
Right. It's yeah. a good point. I think I agree. I like it. I don't love it. There's things I like about Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's interesting that we do have a lot of different Twin Peaks people that are involved with this. You have Jack Nance who's talking about his dog. Yes. <laughs> it's so great. Some of the characters you see in this film. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what we have. Uh, well, I want to point out my favorite side character, Crispin Glover, as Dell. Yeah, Dell. Um, I love the scene with the sandwiches. Oh, yeah. And the mom walks down and he's just like, I'm trying to make a sandwich. <laughs> and I'm trying to make my lunch. lunch. Yes, my lunch. And then yeah. he's got all these squished sandwiches uh, everywhere. Like he's been like making a hundred yes. sandwiches or something. And he's yeah. trying to cut the crust off just perfectly. Oh, um, and But then, you know, with those deleted scenes, you learn more about. Him and uh, Lula. I forgot about that. Yeah. that, that which is that, very disturbing, oh, yeah. which I'm glad they kind of cut out, personally. Um, well, in the deleted scenes, doesn't he works at a gas station and he lost his hair? Because one of the scenes she says, I, he goes, what happened to Della? And he says, she goes, I don't know. He probably somewhere where he's balding and lost his hair. And then you yes. see them like pull up to the gas station. In the gas station, I, who is in season three on the phone saying, no, I don't know where George is. The, the maintenance guy. Yeah. The maintenance guy in Buck, Buckhorn in, t- in the apartment. Oh, in apartment. Yeah. That guy in front. That's the gas is it the same guy? Is really? Same guy. Oh, my wow. gosh. I didn't notice that. Yeah, and he's a young guy in this. Yeah, he's a young guy in this. Oh, yeah, very young. He was always years. in bit, bit parts. I forget the actor's name. He's a character actor, but right. he's always in, like, bit, bit parts. Like he's been a bit parts. Like, I, there's a Michael J. Fox movie. I remember he had a bit part in it. Wow. Like he's that. He's that. He's like a bit part guy. I think he was you know, a homicide, character guy. Uh, homicide TV show there. Really, yeah. but I just love when he goes and he sees him in the back and he's balding and he's like, "We need you" or something. He's like, "I told you, I need five minutes, precisely five <laughs> yes. minutes." And like he's like yelling at him. And oh my god, his character arc, even though it was very small, was very comical and funny yes. and um. Yeah. It works in the movie, uh, in the lead scenes. Like I said, I don't know. In the real movie, did they talk about him? No. They, that's no. not in there, yeah. No, just in the deleted scenes. That's yeah. why it's, it would cha- it would have changed the story immensely, but it, it but it would have showed more it would showed more backstory with Lula, which would have been, I think, a good thing. But that yeah, no, it didn't. the cockroaches in his underwear, and he's doing the walk. Or then he's outside saying, "How are you doing?" Right. To random people, yeah, I how love are that. You doing? Yeah, and that was funny. And he's trying to giggle, and people are like, "What?" They're trying to step around him. Oh, yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah, it was really funny stuff. So I mean, if you really do like Wild at Heart, I recommend getting the Blu-ray. I'm gonna get the Blu-ray. I'm very excited. And check out the lead scenes. Yeah, Brian's gonna get a third Blu-ray, but this time it's gonna work. Uh, yeah. Well, Ben, Ben's, he has a Blu-ray. Uh, I haven't bought it yet. Oh, that's right. You don't have the Blu-ray yet. No. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> ben got the non-working. Get on that, Brian. I'm, Get I'm in the future. You're in the past. Yes. <laughs> what year is this? <laughs> I'm going to go to a brick and mortar store and buy it. No more Amazon. No more Amazon. Arson For once, Google. Amazon came through, and I actually did get it before everybody else. I know. I would laugh at them. Everybody would be like, I didn't get my book in time. I didn't get this in time. I'm like, I got it two months early. Yeah, you just go to Best Buy and go buy it. <laughs> Uh, so, JC, what have you been up to? What have you been working on it 25 years later? We're working on a lot. There's, there's a couple of new things that are going to come out that are top secret, so I'm not going to say anything right uh, now. But in September, look for a couple new features that are going to be out there. Nice. Um, if you liked our Lynch nights, it's going to be on that sort of tip, but it's not going to be Lynch that we're covering. So just to keep an open mind to that, I'm writing. I'm uh, writing uh, 
like I said, I'm writing a lynch night that should be out in a week. So if you, if this doesn't go on for a while, then yeah. it won't be, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm writing a piece for lynch night based on blue velvet. Nice. Oh, cool. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, just, just, you know, editing and writing and trying to, you know, put our good name out there 25 years later. Awesome. Follow us on Instagram. Laura and I are running the Instagram account. So we try to do, you know, articles or stuff that we're interested in or wow. cool pictures. So we're, so we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. You can subscribe to us, 25 Years Later site. Go on and click in the little corner, subscribe, and you'll never miss out on an article. So, yeah, cool. we got that going for us. So, yeah, and you're wait for another t- pile tasting so we can, we can yeah. go to New York and see, see our man there. Let, we oh, got to do that. Come I on. I know. And, and, well, he's got to he's got to announce one. So let's when he announces one, Brett says, "I'll tell you if I hear first. I said, "You better, lady." Yeah. So, well, so JC, I didn't tell you. Remember how I yeah. mentioned um, Monster Mania and how Ray Wise is got the Maryland. Oh, I saw that. It's going to be Cheryl Lee's going to be there too. Yeah. Oh, road trip. No, I busy. Yeah, me and Ben. I I told Ben all excited. I'm like Cheryl Lee's going to be there with Ray Wise. But we're we're gonna skip it. I don't know. I, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's a tough one. It's five hour drive, and when is it? When, it's when September twenty it? eighth through the thirtieth. So it's the same time as the uh, the UK fest. Yeah. Yes. That's interesting. I know. But it's in Maryland. Yep. I know. It's in Maryland. Well, it could yeah, be New Jersey. Like I, I know. Yeah, that would have been great if it was to, with, with Billy Zane. Billy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. Billy Poor Billy Zane. Oh, I love Billy Zane. Don't get me wrong. I know. But no, that would be that would be awesome. That's awesome that Ray and, and Cheryl are going to be there, That especially together. That is but maybe thing. next year, because I was telling Ben, Monster Mania, they happen in Maryland and New Jersey like at least twice a year. So in oh, March, okay. in March, they have the New Jersey one. Okay. So that's a total okay. possibility. Totally. Well, there you go. Let's, let's hope. And so the rewatch is almost over, right? You guys are almost done with season three of the rewatch. Yeah, the rewatch is still going on for the next couple of weeks. So we'll be finishing up that soon. So. Wow. It's cool. the summer of peaks once again. That's awesome. Yeah, we, yeah, it was really good. Pretty cool. And, and um, right now, talking about the summer of peaks, the Blue Rose magazine, Women of Lynch. Did you get your yes. issue? No, I didn't get it yet. I, I have it on order. Awesome. Nice. Scott's probably going to yell at me for that, but, I'm, but the, I did. I ordered it. I promise. You just got excited when you saw that cover. He's like, yes, now is the time to go and get it, right? You, that, that's yes, a selling that's point. Awesome. That is a selling point. It's, it's yeah. Exciting. Well, I love that. I love that it's Senorita Dido and Blake did the, co- you know, Blake did the photography. Yeah. yeah. Mary Reaver's on the cover Aww. and her daughter. So it's. It's, it's 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 a really it's, it was really cool. It is yeah. so and cool. Laura's in it. Laura wrote in it. Cheryl wrote in it from Twenty Five Years Later. Wow. Shirley Ladder, Stewart. I mean, and, so many. And so Courtney's many really writers. taken over that issue there. From oh, Courtney, Courtney did an outstanding job. She yeah. she she deserves all the accolades that 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 issue is coming at you know out about because it's just it was brilliant. That was a big undertaking. Oh I'm very gosh. proud of her that what, yeah. she, what she did. 40 yeah. essays. I still can't go believe Courtney. that. I still can't believe it. Yeah, I go know. Courtney. <laughs> it's so yeah. cool. So you can get that at bluerosemag.com. Subscribe and get that issue. Support those guys. Support yeah. Scott and John and Courtney and all those fine folks who did that beautiful issue. Absolutely. It was just about a week or so ago, you and Rob King actually put out your last uh, article on Room to Dream. Room to Dream. Yep. We had a conversation about the last three chapters and it 
was it was interesting. It was I, I it's kind of funny because I kind of like read quickly over the first half of the book and then I really read those three chapters so I could discuss them with Rob. And now I'm going back and reading the beginning again oh, so I can awesome. really go into more detail. I think a lot of biography should be uh, structured that way where an, an author writes, you know, about it and then the person actually gets to tell you stories based on that information because mm. it was kind of neat to see both sides. It totally was. But yeah. I, still, I have to download the audio book because I still want to hear Lynch himself speak. You and me both. I'm doing, doing that next. And he gives so. you different stories. Yeah. I mean, that's the craziest part is like the stories aren't the same. Like it's not, you said it says unabridged, but it is not an unabridged. It's a whole different story. Lynch doesn't care about your <laughs> rules. He doesn't want to be put in a box. Like, I'm not going to just reread what I've already said. I'm yeah. going to tell you other things. Yeah. So, but yeah. Bedtime it's, stories with Lynch. There you go. Bedtime <laughs> stories with Lynch right before bed. That would be put awesome. in your ear. Uh, that, no talk. That would be awesome. I know. Good stuff. I want to say thank you to JC and everybody in the Twin Peaks community. Uh, we got ourselves nominated. We're, we're going to be in the TV Yay. film category Yay. for the podcast awards. Yay. That's awesome. awesome. When yeah. is that? When is so that? When gets- Just so everybody knows. Everybody got us voted in to be nominated. We, we haven't won anything yet. We are going to be in the TV film category, which will be voted on by a, a thousand peers, podcast peers. I don't know who these people are. There's a thousand of them. From what I was told, they are going to vote on who's going to win. You can watch the live stream September 30th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. It will be streaming live at the podcastawards.com. I will be watching. It's an hour long uh, stream and they're going to do all the uh, categories. And if we win, you'll see a little video of Ben and myself. That means we have to do it. We have to do a video. Right. <laughs> be fun. Um, but it's very exciting. We were we got nominated last year. We 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 lost to Hollywood Outsider, yes. which is a very great podcast. Yeah, we never heard of them, but they were great podcasts. And we were up against a lot of great oh, podcasts. Yeah, and this year it's even crazier the amount of people that are in our category. So being included in it with ten people or uh, ten podcasters is really incredible. Yeah, and this is this is uh, worldwide too. This is yeah. not just the United States. This is worldwide podcast awards. So it's kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Very awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate well, you having me on. Yeah. Thank you, JC. Yeah, and if anybody has a comment, question, or theory about. Um, Wild at Heart, give us an email, TwinPeaksUnwrapped at gmail.com. You can follow us at Twin Peaks Unwrap on um, Twitter, on Facebook. And JC, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter. I'm jhotch726 at Twitter. Uh, and then you could find me, um, if you click on the team link in uh, 25 years later, you'll see my other contact there, my email and my, uh, my site. Awesome. So, awesome. Can't yeah. wait to see what you do next. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. I'll keep you guys posted. We'll have to plan our next live show, too. That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next week. And there's very tender moments. And then there's very violent moments. And then there's confusion and despair. And then suddenly you're in love. So there's got to be room for all these things, you know, in a, in a film. Can I um, talk to Lula? You are not gonna see him ever like him. Film, in my mind, should have contrast in it. It should um, have uh, many, many different kinds of, you know, feelings, you know, all you know, weaving their way uh, throughout. Along the way, you get some shocking things and some tender things.